It's October 14th, and you know what that means. It's the dawn of a new era. Welcome to the new and improved Max Wrestling Podcast. No, Chad, it's not Max Wrestling 2.0. This is your captain speaking. I am joined by the podcast machine, Mike Larkin and El Jefe Moses Marquez. So, top of the morning. Yo. uh, Today we relaunch Max Wrestling in a new vision. Uh, as you know, we have eradicated the promo tournaments that we've become known for these past few years. <clears throat> Actually, before I do anything, crack it open to the new generation. Cheap plug. Um, yeah, you're still going to be seeing promos pop up occasionally, but only in exhibitions. Uh, there's going to be a lot more focus on trivia. Trivia. <laughs> Which we were originally known for. We have a new TV championship and we're bringing back an old feature on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, let's kick it off with that old segment first of all. It is This Week in Wrestling History. On October 8th, 2001... In the midst of the invasion, there were two title changes on Raw as the Hardy Boys defeated Booker T and Test for the WWE Tag Team Championships and Stone Cold reclaimed the WWE Championship for the Alliance by defeating Kurt Angle in what is, I call, the original Suplex City. Uh, I, I remember that match so much, they just kept suplexing each other throughout the whole match. That was the one where Kurt Angle got his neck broke again from that chair shot from that's what I was stiffsky. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised. Well, yeah. <laughs> they were they were literally Stone Cold and Angle doing so many variations of the suplex. Pretty much every variation you could think of. There was overheads, belly to bellies, uh, Germans, side suplexes, nuts, back suplexes. Um, Bananas. On October eighth, two thousand five. Speaking of Brock Lesnar, he mm-hmm. defeated. Kazuki Fujita and Masahiro Chono to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, buddy. And it didn't end very well. (laughs) So, I I always forget the story behind this. There was a disagreement over the belt. Kurt Angle had another version. They they he beat Brock Lesnar and Um, he became champ. Let me stop you right there because no, there was not a confusion. So, um. Brock Lesnar won that belt at an unsanctioned New Japan location. He won it in an Antonio Inoki promotion. Right. And it was, I don't, for some reason, that belt was recognized there. I don't really know why. I don't remember the story behind why. But that working relationship ended. And the way of getting the belt off of Brock is having him lose to Kurt. They wanted to keep it on an American. But they knew they weren't keeping Brock. And they had full advantage of Kurt because of the relationship with TNA. Yeah. So they decided it would be best to put it on him. And then if, I'm pretty sure Kurt lost it to a uh, um, fucking goddamn Blue Justice. Um, the dude. Oh, son of. Are you kidding me? I'm blanking on him right now. <laughs> I, um, I would have put money on Okada. 
No, it's not Okada, <laughs> and I don't think it was even Tanahashi. I want to say it was uh, the old man, not Nagata. Suzuki. Eugene Nagata. Um, thank you, Eugene Nagata. That rings a bell. I want to yep. say he lost it to Nagata. I could be wrong, though. Wait, oh, no. So, okay, so <laughs> it, there is a Kurt Angle-Eugene Nagata match here, but that was for the TNA Global Impact, and Angle won that with the ankle lock. Beautiful. No, it wasn't you. Yeah. See, they don't write this on Wikipedia. They just put Brock Lesnar and then vacated. Yeah, well, no. Here's, well, here's the funny part about it that I always loved. Because remember, they were in the middle of that lawsuit. And they tried to get him back in, like, 2004. I remember Big Show started using the F5, and they called it the F500 very briefly, Daz. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Yes. That's not fucking surprising, though. <laughs> so they tried to bring him back. Big Show started using the F5, and Taz called it the F500 with the Yambag City. So they did the whole thing there, and Brock Lesnar said, nah, I'm going to go to Japan. And then that was that whole lawsuit and stuff and all that good stuff. And he actually called the F5 when he wrestled in New Japan. He called it the verdict because they settled and they called it the verdict. Yeah, Brock says, screw you guys. I'm going to Japan. I'm, I'm going to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, October 9th, 1998. After defeating Rocky Maivia in a ladder match at SummerSlam, Hunter Hearst Helmsley's second reign as Intercontinental Champion comes to an end as he vacates the title due to injury. It was later won on, on October 12th by Ken Shamrock. Ooh. Times, and that Ken Shamrock Rock feud was awesome. Yeah. The world's so was the Rocky Triple H feud. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I heard you guys talk about it last week. When, when we got to WrestleMania 13 and he was wrestling Rikishi, a.k.a. the Sultan, and then Rocky Johnson takes that shirt off and starts laying waste, father and son together. Ugh. Great moment. Match was terrible. Yeah, they they, they, they had this great feud over the IC title within like two years of both of their careers. Great. Well, the SummerSlam match, man, that MSG, that <laughs> ladder match. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was a knee injury. Yes, it- that sounds Yep. I remember him being on crutches anyway. <laughs> uh, speaking of the IC title, also on October 9th, but in 2016, in one of the last times he was relevant, Dolph Ziggler <laughs> defeated The Miz. Um, it was, though, it was a stunning career versus title match at No Mercy. The promo going into it, you know what I'm saying? When he's talking about, I'll put up my career and he's crying and you give and you give and you give this the passion that went into it. Yes, we did get a reprieve of the Spirit Squad briefly with Kenny and Mikey coming back and Mike Mondo looking like a fat ass Jay Leno. But at the same time, we had a fun little storytelling there. Yeah, 2016 SmackDown Live was absolutely fire. And I like Mike Mondo, but god dang, man, he has the head of Jay Leno, and he got big, brother. And I like Mike <laughs> Mondo. Because he was good, though. Out of everybody in the Spirit Squad, Kenny was awesome. Mondo was great. Nemeth was great. Johnny Jeter had a ton, ton of potential, and I believe he's opening a wrestling school now. The only one that sucked was Mitch. Mitch, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck. But then again, he didn't suck at life because, man, he got Tory Wilson around that time. Hot damn. Oh, fair enough. Like, in one way or another, then they all win. Yeah, well, you know why he was most memorable for being on that Million Dollar Tough Enough, Nick Mitchell? Mitch, you Mitch. know why he was most memorable? Well, because he sucks. Well, besides, no, not because he sucks. <laughs> well, besides he sucks. He was the Tough Enough guy on the Million Dollar Tough Enough who got eliminated on his birthday. Well, that does suck. It does. Happy birthday, Mitch. Can't even have you a cake and eat it. Oh, uh, you know what he's like? like Cheech Marin and Machete. Remember when Danny Trejo comes in and he's like, and the guys are coming after him, chasing him, name of the father, son, holy ghost, I get the fuck out of here. That's what they <laughs> like. That was great. Love that line. 
Uh, I'm going to take another cheap shot now. October 9th, 2019. Leo Rush defeats Angel Garza for the Cruiserweight Championship in NXT. He then goes a whole two months without retiring before losing the title to Angel Garza. God damn, you had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's an accomplishment, though. Nice. Uh, this is one of my favorites. 10-10-10. One of TNA's most shocking pay-per-views, Bound for Glory. Immortal arrived as Jeff Hardy turned heel and defeated Kurt Angle and Mr. Anderson for the TNA World Championship. I hated it and I loved it just because I'm like, man, they're turning Jeff Hardy heel, but I was happy to see him win. He had the new music, Another Me. You know what? I love this heel run. Here's the problem, though. I was I was not very uh, optimistic about it because remember when he was in WWE the first go around and they tried to turn him heel within 2003 when he attacked RVD and then he got super kicked by Shawn Michaels. I'm going to start kicking some ass around this place and I'm going to start with you. Boom, right to the chin, man. That was what I was worried about because it didn't work. You know what I'm saying? Like it only worked for like three weeks and then Jeff became a babyface again. Yeah. But this worked because the Antichrist of professional wrestling, that moniker helped. Yeah, I was worried at first when it, initially happened I'm like jeff hardy's never really been a heel ever this is unusual it's like if ricky steamboat turned heel that would be yeah. so unusual that's a factoid for your kids ricky steamboat was never a heel yes well the problem was when they tried to turn sting heel sting was never like a really much of a heel and he was at the main event mafia and stuff and then freaking losing a rob van dam in like 20 seconds in 2010 <laughs> but that freaking on the rolling thunder jesus yeah um, also, that that Bound for Glory is famous for the misspelt crowd sign that they held up to the camera of their, minute, of their you... here. Wait a minute. That was also the same Bound for Glory where RVD fought Abyss and he knocked Abyss's teeth out. Yeah, the whole show was great. Uh, Bound for Glory 6, I believe it was, 10 10 10. Yes, because the first one was 2005, in 2005. Yes. Um, October 11th, 2010. The Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, became IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, defeating Prince Devitt and Raisuke Takuchi mm. at New Japan's Destruction. Goddamn Takuchi. Takuchi won the belt so many fucking times with like nine different people, I swear to God. <laughs> so uh, if, you, if anybody out there wants to see a little bit of uh, Omega Devitt, there you go. Oh yeah, the early years. Yes. Before either one of them was huge, 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 huge. Not only in size and stature, but <laughs> in fame as well. Uh, October twelfth, nineteen ninety-two, the WWE Championship changed hands on a house show as Bret Hart defeated Ric Flair. Nice. That that's uh, a hidden gem right there. Right. I as I've looked into it, from what I could see, the WWE Championship has only ever changed hands on a house show twice, twice. Voice. Uh, I'm not sure what the other one was, though. Oh, wait. It was... No, that was pre-taped. Yeah, I don't know when the other one was. Um, but final bit of history. Bound for Glory 4 took place on October 12, 2008 with a stacked lineup featuring a Steel Asylum match, a four-way Monsters Ball for the Tag Team Championships, Jeff Jarrett versus Kurt Angle, <laughs> and Sting... Defeated Samoa Joe for the TNA world title. Very much like he defeated Kurt Angle the previous year on October 14th. Kevin Nash got that one, yep. Yeah. Kevin Nash got a text. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
before Mike gives us a little bit more history, some birthdays this week. The Miz turned 41 on October 8th. Uh, Stevie Richards turned 50 on October 9th. October 10th saw birthdays for Jessica Mia and Ilya Dragunov. Also, TK Tony Khan turned 39. On October 11th, Rhea Ripley turned 25. Ricochet turned 33. Taz turned 54. And Rikishi turned 56. And today, happy birthday to Stacey Keebler and Shell Guerrero. Yes. Don't forget Dance Baby. And Dance Baby? Okay, happy birthday Dance Baby too. Yeah. So, Mike, what history have I missed? All right, so I got a couple of here. A couple, one TNA and a couple WWE. We'll do the TNA one because this is actually the date. October 14th, 2012, Bound for Glory which featured the main event of Jeff Hardy defeating Austin Aries for the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. The Ices and Ites, Doc, uh, Luke Gallows, and Knox, Mike Knox, defeated Bully Ray and Sting, and as a result of their win, Aces and Eights gained full access to the Impact Zone. Had Aces mm-hmm. and Ace lost, it would must leave TNA. And Devon turned heel, baby. Tara defeated Miss Tessmacher for the Knockouts title. Chavo Guerrero and Hernandez defeated Bad Influence and AJ Styles and Kurt Angle for the tag titles. Joey Ryan defeated Al Snow. Yeah. James Storm defeated Bobby Roode in a street fight with King Mo as the special hey, guest. All right. Samoa <laughs> defeated Magnus by submission uh, to retain the TNA television title. And here's one for you. Rob Van Dam defeated Zima Ion for the TNA X division title. Again, that was another great Bound for Glory. And I will maintain 2012 was the last great year of TNA. Alrighty. I agreed on wholeheartedly on that. And I will say this as well, because another thing that we have is October 7, 2002. Raw Roulette, which featured oh, the main event of Kane and the Hurricane. Well, Kane, because he was taken out against Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy, Christian and Chris Jericho, and Spike Dudley and Bubba Ray Dudley for the tag titles. Amazing match from top to bottom, but it was afterwards that everybody was talking about because Triple H came out and pretty much told Kane, Kane, you are a murderer. And that's thus began Katie Vick. Oh, the beginning of the infamous Katie Vick angle. Oh, Katie, it looks like I just humped your brains out. Vince McMahon is so out of his mind that there's a funeral going on in the next room. Scream louder, damn it. Scream louder. Wow. Uh, also, I will say this, 2003, October 19, 2003, featured No Mercy 2003, main evented by Brock Lesnar defeating The Undertaker in a biker chain match for the WWE mm. title with Vince McMahon costing The Undertaker the match. The Big Show would defeat Eddie Guerrero for the U.S. title. Kurt Angle and John Cena in a great match where Cena tapped out to the ankle lock. The infamous Mr. McMahon and Stephanie McMahon father-daughter I quit match where the loser got fired, so Stephanie was done as the GM. The Basham brothers defeated the APA. Zach Gowan got his first pay-per-view win over Matt Hardy. Chris Benoit defeated the A-Train, and this was the match where A-Train dropped Chris Benoit right on his dome piece on a steel chair, and it was Oogle. Tajiri beat Rey Mysterio for the Cruiserweight title, and on the Heat match, Billy Kidman defeated Shannon Moore. So that was the No Mercy of three card. Yeah. 2003 was wild. It was. And I mean, as far as Ring of Honor goes, Ooh. we... Okay, hold on. Let me get back to where Wasn't I was. Wasn't there a uh, Brian Danielson and Austin Aries match? For, like the Austin. world title on this date? Like on today's date. On today's date? I have... I want to say that, that was a, uh, what they call that. Enter the Dragon. Is that when he got his fucking head kicked in? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, there it is. All right, yep. Oh, well, you got to take it in. You're right. Enter the right. dragon, right? Enter the dragon. I knew I remember that one. Yes, and I also believe this was the same month. Hold on, I just scrolled past it because I was going to get Ring of Honor. Oh, Takeshi Morishima and Brian Danielson where you got the detached retina. Oh, Jeez. that's right. Damn. Great match. But poor Brian Danielson got that a detached retina after that. The backdrop driver and everything. That lariat, oof. Oofa. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a little bit of my, but still, you pretty much nailed the head on every one of them. So, boom, I just yeah. had to put that in there. So let's get to modern day wrestling. Um, so first of all, I mean, it seems like CM Punk has kind of become the king of Rampage. It's the only place he wrestles. Um, I mean, I I get it. You know, we want to draw people in. Um, yeah, get the pile driver, man. I was shocked because I. Well, his, here's the moveset for me. Every time he would go for the Anaconda Vice, you know it's the Uranagi, and you know it's the Anaconda Vice followed up. But yeah, the pile driver and then the Anaconda Vice. I'm like, all right, he's hitting a PD. Yeah. Um, I was very confused this week, though. I got one. See, people, you think AEW fans love every single thing they do without criticizing it. Here's a little bit of criticism for you. Where the hell was the continuity? So you got a CM Punk match going on. You got Taz on commentary. There's absolutely no mention of the rivalry with Taz. It's just, like, Taz is completely neutral on commentary. Uh, And this is kind of how Punk's running AEW is going. It's it's like mini feuds, and then he just moves on to the next one, and then we forget about the last one. Well, I think the idea behind it is he's going to go in and just work with people, work with people. He's going to take these guys that are... Pretty much, you know, in middle, and he's going to try to elevate them, I guess. Because, I mean, doesn't he have a... I think his match... His, ne- his match next. His next match <laughs> is against Matt Seidel. Yes. Yes. And Which, so, you know, you got to help the brown eye guy. Well, how crazy is it that they haven't wrestled each other since, what, like 2004? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. So, I mean, that'll be nice. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm kind of sick of him on Rampage. I'm kind of with you. I mean... I can, you can make the argument of, well, you know, many feuds are better than a long-term one where we're going to get disappointed and blah, 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 blah. And, I mean, even he said it himself. Like, he's even like, he's like, when I wrestle Kenny Omega, it'll be for the title. And But I don't think that's actually going to happen. Nah. I think they're going to end up wrestling without the belt, but that's, that's a different story. Uh, but I, I, technically, Mike was right. They haven't wrestled since 2004, but they did sports entertain together in 2010. <laughs> Sports entertain. Well, I will say this about them. I mean, they were both around the same time period where, I mean, he was coming in as Evan Bourne, or he was there just then as Evan Bourne. And here's the funny part about him, Matt Seidel, as Evan Bourne. I mean, you had Air Boom and Kofi Kingston. They were the tag champs. Uh, I got to say, when it comes to Evan Bourne, since they're in AEW, I'd love to see another Jericho match because I was there at Fatal 4-Way when he actually beat Chris Jericho with the Shooting Star Press at the one and only WWE Fatal 4-Way at the Nassau Coliseum. So, I mean, there's a lot of rumor for growth with Matt Seidel, and I'll be honest with you, I was a fan of when him and Daniels were a tag team in Ring of Honor being managed by the one and only Allison Danger. So, hey, man, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, and I don't think yeah. people realize the history with him and Matt Seidel. I mean... Coming up in WWE as Evan Bourne, he looked up to Punk, and Punk actually gave him the name Evan Bourne. Nice. Another little factoid for you. That I didn't know. Um, <laughs> no. 
My apologies for interrupting, but do you remember when Punk was talking to friggin' M Dog Twenty Matt Cross, son of Havoc, when he was in Tough Enough? Like, you know, hey man, how's it going? And he was in there doing the stuff, and he's and everybody's looking at him, including Martin Cassius, who would go on to be Marty the Moth on Lucha Underground. He's looking at him like, dude, why don't you work here? Because it's like, geez, you know all these guys, but you're here on Tough Enough, and it's like derp derp derp. That was the one with Stone Cold on it, and mm. it just I just that being so funny because they're having this conversation because they wrestled each other and he's the WWE champion and Matt Cross is doing this stuff on Tough Enough and he's just looking at him like why the fuck are you not here yet? <laughs> because Vince is an idiot. True. Yeah. Or also the fact that I don't know man I there was something always about Matt Cross where I don't know. The thing about him too is I think he had such untapped potential at that time that we really didn't get a chance to see it on Tough Enough but once he got this, to uh, Lucha Underground he was killing it So obviously there was no uh, dynamite this week. It's on Saturday, which I hate. Saturday. I don't know why they can't just put it on TBS already. Uh, do we do we really need to uh, see reruns of Friends and Young Sheldon? Yes. I was gonna say Friends, yes, because that my wife will argue that till she goes blue Rerun, in the face. You know what, Young Sheldon's not bad. Yeah, you know what is bad. What what's bad? What's that? I watched it. I, I just was curious. I saw what was it? What the hell's that name of that Cody Rhodes show now that's on? Oh, Rose to the top. I got. How bad is it? It's fucking bad. It just <laughs> Brady Rhodes comes off like a fucking bitch, and because oh she's pregnant, you didn't put the bed in the back of the tour bus, Cody. And they forget QT Marshall and Preston Vance and fucking Ricky Starks are trying to put shit together that they have no idea what the fuck they're doing, uh, and it just. And Brady Rhodes is like, well, I don't know if they're going to miss me. Trust me, bitch. They are not going to miss you. Nobody wants to see you in the goddamn ring again. And I, they're having this party for it. And I just want to rip my goddamn hair out. And the fact that the sister doesn't get along with Brandy Rose, I don't know, because you're a fucking bitch. And Cody is close with his sister. And his sister's trying to look out for him. I have a fucking headache watching the show. So, yeah, it was the shit. So tell us how you re- really feel. I hate it, man. It was just... <laughs> Oh, and he's trying to make up. Look, I'm I'm all for the nightmare factor, bringing up the young talent coming into the business, right? But when he's talking about like, oh, we got Aaron Solo and all these guest coaches, I'm like, you're just gonna over the fact of the eight million dollar performance center, which has people like Allison Danger, Sarah Del Rey, Matt Bloom, and all these people that are teaching these cats, these guys and gals, and about all the nightmare factory. And it just the way he said it just annoyed me. And I love all these new, you know. School's opening for a lot of the towns to go in. I think that's wonderful. But you're kind of like overhyping the Nightmare Factory. I'm like, that's cool. But it ain't yeah. like, you know, all this other stuff. Like, come on, Cody. Fucking yeah, Aaron I, Solo, who's a cover to the goddamn stars. I'm sorry, go ahead. I have not laid a single eye on Rose to the Top, and I don't really intend to. Say it. Miz and Mrs. is much better because it's Miz making oh, fun of them. Miz and Mrs. is great. It's amazing. I'd rather. It feels pretty funny. It is, and I'll take that over Total Bellas and all that any day. And Mo, I know your wife loves all that reality TV. My, that's, I end up watching it also. It's <clears throat> my absolute favorite episode is when Miz has to get a cake, and he just destroys the <laughs> oh, cake. Oh, 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 what a fuck that guy. <laughs> what about the truffles, man, when she's ordering that truffles. friggin' big-ass menu for the truffles, man, the truffles? Uh, yeah, and God bless him. He tries to make his own, and it's just not the same. Yes. No, you got to order the expensive one. Uh-huh. <laughs> But yeah, I would recommend. Please don't, don't watch Rose to the Top. It's absolutely horrible. It, it's Yeesh. just, it, it's just, it's the shits. It's just, it's such the shits. Sorry, Corey. Sorry. 
Um, yeah, so no no Dynamite this week. It's on Saturday. But also, tomorrow night on Rampage, they're going head-to-head with SmackDown for half an hour because SmackDown just randomly has to be on for an extra 30 minutes. Was he drunk when he tweeted that about oh. you know, all that stuff? I'm sorry. I think he had a lot of white claws. <laughs> I got better than the tweet. I got the video. Oh, you do? <laughs> oh, Lord. Hit it, Tony. They're literally going to do a half-hour head-to-head with us? That's fine, okay? And we'll see what happens. I'm not saying for sure we'll win, and maybe the odds are against us in some ways, but we're going to do the better show, I know. And if you don't believe me, watch whether well, go-home show they did last night, because it sucked. <laughs> and, How do you uh, really feel, yeah, Tony? Yeah, I'm, I, am I? Am I? Did you watch it last I, night? No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> 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 I mean, so, it wasn't a go-home so show, where, but it did where suck. Where was that off of? Like, I have no idea. I just saw it posted. Um, it was with some dude who looked like Jordan uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> the angels like him and angels in the outfield? Is that what he's doing? <laughs> oh, my God. Can I, I will say this. Uh, Tony is well. holding a paper cup in his hand in that video, so he may have been a little bit drunk. A couple of white claws. He's always got a cup in his hand. <sighs> Let me say this about Raw, and here's what pissed me off about it. So they're both doing, you know, they've got the Queens, the tournament for the Queen and the King of the Ring. All right. So you had Dewdrop beat Natalia. So the way that the Queens thing is, the Queens crown, excuse me. On SmackDown, we got Zelina Vega versus Carmella, and for Raw, we have Dewdrop versus Shayna Baszler. Okay, Mm -hmm. whatever. The King of the Ring is what pissed me off. So you had Xavier beat um, Ricochet, which was very good. Yeah. And you had Jinder Mahal beat Kofi. The problem I had is we could have had a nice little New Day competition of Kingston versus Woods. But New Day? But we didn't get that. So now we're going to get Mahal versus Woods on the Raw side of things, and we got Finn versus Sammy on the SmackDown side of things. And we had Jeff Hardy lose to Austin Theory, and here's what the problem was. They had the 24-7 guys just running through, and then you know they still do the match, and then Austin Aries wins with a friggin' roll-up with the tights, so they're going to continue that before Jeff goes to SmackDown. They did Riddle and Omos, which was just, you know, he thought Randy was going to help come out and help him, and friggin' Riddle the got plan. squashed. A plan, man. I'm going to shock people. I actually watched SmackDown and Raw this week. Oh, nice. Okay. All right, here's where I'll get pissed. So they bring back the Hurt Business to absolutely squash Ali and Mansoor. Ali gets pissed. He's sick of this. I'm sick of this. And then Mansoor is being interviewed in the back, and he's just like, you know, well, you know, we got to let him cool off. And then he's like, you're a loser, Mansoor. You're a loser. Oh, you know, we just need to Yeah. And then he just beats the shit out of him. What the fuck? Even after all that, he's like, Mansoor just go, well, I'll just talk to him later. And then he just beats him up. Here's what pissed me off. Mansoor's a fucking geek. They could have had a long-term thing where it could have been like, okay, because you know, because you know, Mansoor's all about the people. Mustafa's not. It's like Sable and Mark Merrill. Right. So they could have gone either way, where you could have saw Mansoor heel turn or a Mustafa face turn. But what we did is, since we're going to be in Saudi Arabia next week, he's going to win and beat Ali, and then he's going to be like, "It feels so good to be back in Riyadh. Riyadh, I give my people hope. I'm not a loser." And then we're going to have that. Bullshit. Yes, and I. (laughs) And I know Mansoor <laughs> tweeted about how, you know, it's people like us, you know, they, we never thought we'd be here. We're giving our people hope. And it's very warm-hearted, which is true. You know what I'm saying? He's doing it for the people. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, come on, man. We know how you Saudi Arabia treats women, even though we got, we're getting a women's match. We know how they treat your people. You know what? Ali, Ali could have run him over with a frigging car on Raw. And they'd be like, Mansoor, how do you feel? I'll just talk to him later. 
It was the most blasé and no fucks given like shit I've ever seen. He was so apathetic and lethargic. He was so lackadaisical. It was just bullshit, man. They get fired up. This man is calling you a loser to your face, but you're like, I'll oh, talk to him later. Man, cool down. He's just He's angry. Bad day. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's going to be a good match because if you give these guys time, it works. Mansoor is a great wrestler. But the problem I have is he wouldn't have a pot to piss in if he was on the main roster. Just He would get jobbed. You know what I'm saying? But we're going over to Saudi Arabia. It feels so good to be back in Riyadh. Riyadh. And you're going to see the woman crying again and the kids are crying because it's Mansoor. So, I mean, it's just, oh, don't get me started. Yeah, last night got started on, on Blood Money 6. Blood money six, but yeah, it was you know what though, I know one thing. I'm glad. I'm sorry, Des. I know one thing about the King of the Ring. What's that? There's no way Finn Balor's going to be in the final because he ain't going to Saudi Arabia because you know he supports what gay rights and all that stuff. How about Sami Zayn? Oh yes. I don't see him. Okay, they've backed themselves into a corner. How the fuck are they going to get around this one? Well, well, <laughs> Finn. I believe Finn's gone before. Right. Yeah. Oh. Yes. So, I always thought he refused to go. Give him too much shit. They're like, "Oh, he's a gay demon." I don't know. Oh yeah, he just stopped wearing the, the rainbow on his tights. Yep, that was it. All right then. So okay. Sami Zayn ain't going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Sorry, this man said he's a gay demon. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what to say, but no. I mean, I mean, when you, Saddam was a gay demon in South Park the movie. Oh yeah, that's very. You got me. Okay, so so. Sami Zayn ain't going over there because, you know, of what he is, you know what I'm saying? He he, he ain't going over there. Mm. So, I mean, come on. Okay, so like, it's got to be Finn. Yeah, it's got to be Finn. Finn versus Jinder Mahal. Oh, my God. Well, it's a face and a heel, so yeah. You, and then Jinder Mahal will figure and win. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, rightfully so, there's been a lot of controversy over the Queen's Crown tournament, or why can't I just call it Queen of the Ring, uh, because of the match times, and I mean, I'm looking at the match times right in front of me, so we had 2 minutes 10 for Zelina and Tony, we had 1 minute 40 for Liv to job to Carmella, which is bad in of itself, um, Dewdrop and Natalia got 3 minutes 8 seconds, the longest match in the actual women's tournament so far was Dana Brooke and Shayna Baszler, which lasted 5.5 minutes, but... I got on that i got a comment on that those girls look lost as fuck yes it just did not gel it was not good i'm sorry but it's like we're gonna roll around and then it's like okay let's go to the finish nia right in the fucking face one two three shade against the win that's legit what it was because they were so lost they didn't know what spot they were doing it was just roll 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 spot 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 knee one two three and that was the longest one in the women's tournament so far Fucking blue. <laughs> so, like, fucking Tony, Liv, and Carmella took place on SmackDown, and they had a combined match time of uh, three minutes fifty seconds. Jesus. One, both men's matches alone were longer than those two matches. Ray and Sammy got eight minutes. Cesaro and Balor got eleven minutes. How the fuck can you only give? Four women, three ma- three minutes. about the women's revolution and women's wrestling, and then they friggin' get screwed like that. And by the way, as I'm looking this up, yeah, Sami Zayn ain't going over there. Serious? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, he hasn't gone before, so that's the biggest reason. Yeah. He, I don't think oh. he's going to go, period. No way. Well, that was... Well, that was like when we had Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles on SmackDown, because Daniel Bryan ain't going over there. No. Um... Yeah, man. Shayna Baszler's gotta be in the final, so she's gotta be going... 
And Shayna Baszler, fucking what the fuck? She's just beating the shit out of everybody. I'm just yes. watching these highlights. This is exactly well, they're, what Shayna should to, be doing. Yeah, they're trying to bring her back up as you know the queen of spades. I'm gonna beat the shit out of you like it was in NXT because good, good which is what they should do because we had her being afraid of a doll a few months ago. Yeah, yeah it's fucking stupid. Uh, I gotta say, Piper's doing great. Um, this is the first time I watched Raw in full in God. Almost, like, over two months, I think. So it's my yeah. first real experience of yeah. Piper and what she's I... doing as Doodrap. But uh, yeah, there she's great. A... She's doing great. There was a plus, though. I gotta say, Bobby Lashley had a great promo talking about his no old yes. match with gold. I was gonna say, Bobby Lashley cut a great promo, which is not very... Not, not, not something we're accustomed to. Now, um, if it wasn't against Goldberg, I'd be interested in the match. <laughs> You know what the problem is? He's going to win because he's fighting for his son. Yeah, unfortunately. But at least the title's not on the line now. By the way, I have to say something about this. So Edge and Seth Rollins are having a Hell in a Cell match in Saudi Arabia. I mean, and you know what? it's going to be good, but just because it's in Saudi Arabia, it's kind of like, oh, okay, Hell in a Cell. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where I'm like. It's This feud looks great, and if it wasn't in Saudi Arabia, I'd be all for it. But yeah, it's got a great I mean, build-up, but unfortunately it's going to be on Blood Money. And Big E and Drew McIntyre had a great match with the Usos, but I'm like, Big E and Drew McIntyre, if it was not on this show, I'd be all about it. But also the problem is Drew McIntyre, I'm tired of seeing him go for the title, but then he's going to SmackDown. So I, I don't know why they're doing a face versus face. I mean, it was kind of funny in the segment where it was like, if I can speak on behalf of Drew, you absolutely cannot speak on behalf of me. What about he's Big D? He's Big D. He's Big D. Like last week, now we got Big Bob and Bobby Roode. Hey, Big Bob. He's you know like, what? Nobody's called you Big Bob. Don't you disrespect Big Bob. This show you know is getting like, less PG by like, the week. It's like Billy Madison. You know, me, me and Veronica Vaughn got it on. No, they didn't. Drew is Drew is Big D. Dude drops double D. Let's just get rid of I the PG that's rating. Hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, and unfortunately, bleh, they're uh, showing some dissension in the ranks between Ray and Dominic. No. No. Just no. They they should have been split in the draft. I don't I don't care. I don't want to yeah. see Ray against Dominic. I'm sorry. I know, I know it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of the draft, what the hell is the point in the brand split when the Usos can just show up on SmackDown? Yeah. On on Raw, on Raw. My bad. Yeah. I don't know. So we're the tribal. I don't fucking know. Oh man, this show is going to be long. By the way, I meant to say because next week it's going to be on here in the states. It's going to be on at 12 p.m. Eastern noon time, so it'll be 9 a.m. Pacific time. And there's nine matches on this card, so this show will probably be like four or five hours, like the last ones. It's yeah, and it's going to be on while we're recording next week. Yes, which gives us even more reason not to watch that shit. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, you're watching Crown Jewel? No, we're doing Max. What the fuck? We're doing a world-class podcast, <laughs> not watching that portion. There you go. Um, and another big problem from SmackDown. There was a two-minute segment, literally just so Kevin Owens could get beat up. Yeah. <laughs> they, yep. they come back from a he break. It's the wait to leave. Boy, I tell you what. Happy hour segment at the start of the break. Two minutes later, it's the end of the segment. That was it. Just to beat up Kevin Owens. Two minutes. Oh, you know, he's just, like like Mo just said so eloquently there, he's just ready to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Uh, as somebody else put it, the, the Dean Ambrose farewell tour for Kevin Owens. 
Okay, that's that's a fair assessment because friggin' right. EC3 and that whole crap. Yep. Oh, that was EC3's entire WWE run. It was. And then he was the 24-7 champ and just sitting in the back with his cup there. Just like, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Maybe. Well, that's what Jeff Hardy's doing right now because he was, he was in the position of, I'll take a paycheck. What I love about that is, think of like when Tito and Santana was like the enhancement talent for a lot of stars. Remember WrestleMania 8? He got Shawn Michaels over. That was Shawn Michaels' debut. Split from the Rockers, super kick into the barbershop window. Boom. He's going against El Matador. So Jeff's like in the Tito Santana run of putting over the young talent and elevating them. But at the same time, we may have a tease of Willow on SmackDown. So I'm all about Willow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jeff's been a little bit more relevant in the last couple of weeks. I'm actually enjoying this feud with Austin Fury. Well, I mean, look at the merch sales, man, because my dad and I were talking about this. Look at John Cena. Like, when he came back, the merch sales, right, for the kids, Jeff Hardy sells a lot of merch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, Jeff's always popular. Mm-hmm. And with Austin Theory, who, that fucking smile, you just want to smack him, mollywop him right across the face, man. Ugh, I just want to see Jeff mollywop that fool. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, wait, well, you forgot something from Raw. What I did I forget from Raw? Fucking John Morrison is now, like, in his cheat. He's, like, centering oh, himself with Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash in the background. I don't know what the hell we're doing. I think we're waiting for Miz to get eliminated from Dancing with the Stars so we yeah. can bring that to you. Because now he's hey, just... I, hey, hey, I'm petitioning for that guy to be the goddamn genie. You hear me? Hey, man, I saw that and I laughed. Don't, don't give Vince ideas. We already had the Miz getting eaten by zombies. And we already had Chris Jericho face Fandango in a feud because Jericho was on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. There you go. Uh, wait, was Jericho in it too? Yeah. Yes. There you go. Um. Yeah. Uh. John Morrison is basically a Jedi now or something. It's all about his cheat. His cheat, Azarino. His cheat. Do you know what he's talking about? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> it's just. Oh. Oh. <laughs> And I didn't hate it, you know what I'm saying? I hated Raw in, like, the last few weeks. I've been okay with it. But there's just some stuff that just makes me go, oh, like, John Morrison be all cheat. First, he's all about that parkour life, and now he's about the cheat. The cheat. The the cheat, not the chutzpah. Not the chutzpah, but the cheat, yes. (laughs) Hey, it's it's funny, because as we're talking about this now, I I still go back to 2007 when I was friggin'... Oh my goodness, I was a freshman in high school going to friggin' SummerSlam to see his feud with Punk. That, I'll be honest with you, and Punk has said it on Best in the World, this is why I bring this up. When they were feuding for the ECW title in the summer of 2007 to when John Morrison got busted, and many did for like that pharmacy thing, the only good match that they had was their last bout in the feud where Punk won the title from because those matches were the drizzling shits, my goodness gracious. So you had John Morrison and CM Punk did not gel. This was also around the time when CM Punk has mentioned that one of his worst bouts that he hated wrestling was yeah. Elijah Burke, who would then go on to be the Pope. Oh, drizzling shits time period, Ezra. Yeah, um, Punk says so himself on, on his DVD. Um, the feud just wasn't working. And then the last match in the feud, something just clicked. Well, you know, when when you're about to win the title and John Morrison's about to go bye bye for a little bit, something's <laughs> click like that. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> um, all right. Before we go to a break and before we go any further, this is a new age of Max Wrestling uh, and an age without the promo championship and an age without the promo order. But let's not forget, moneymaker Chris Durham, uh, one of last year's breakout performers, is still holding the Iron Bank contract. While last week um, he made a decision and I gave him a week to make another decision, so now it's time 
to pass the torch. And I'll hand you over one more time to the moneymaker to tell you himself. Count it, count it, count it, count it. A hundred tracks, what you know about it, bitch, don't get it. Count it, count it, count it, count it. A hundred tracks, what you know about it, bitch, don't get it. That's a hundred in the works, we the top to finish first. Whole squad, curse, minus touch on every verse. Count it a hundred of these. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2021 Iron Bank contract winner is in the house. Moneymaker Chris. Always cashed in and you can bank on that. Change is upon us. And change is coming to the world of Max Wrestling. Change is also coming up for Moneymaker Chris as well. See, I've come here today to make two Major announcements. First up, I will be stepping away from Max Wrestling and stepping away from promo competition. I've given it a lot of thought, and it wasn't an easy decision at all. It sucks. It's unfortunate. But at the end of the day, I have to do what's best for me. And that's to step away and move on to bigger and better things. Before I go, let me give some shout-outs and some thank-yous. Thank you to everybody that I did competition with, that voted for me, that cashed in with me, believed in me from day one. I appreciate you all. Shouts out to the King Amir, who believed in me from day one, enjoyed my work, and was a big fan of what I did. I thank you. Shout-out to my good friend Mike Larkin. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. You brought me here. And I thank you. I didn't know what to expect. But I had a good time being Moneymaker Chris. But I have one last thing I got to do. I have a big decision to make here. Shout out to Dazzy. Because he told me that I get to choose who gets this Iron Bank contract. There's a lot of worthy opponents. A lot of great competition here. But one name came to mind. One name came to mind. A guy that I have respect for. A guy that I've done battle with. He has one victory. I have one victory. And that's the Phoenix. I'm giving this to you. I'm passing the torch to you. Because I want to see you cash this in. And become a champion. If I can't do it, who better than the Phoenix? You've earned it. You deserve it. I'm going to be keeping my eye out to see if you become the champion that I know you can be with this case. And with that being said, for the final time, Moneymaker Chris, cashing out. Robert Davis. One of the most brilliant and creative people I've ever known. After everything you've done in the promo order, 
before it was even an order, when it was just a bunch of people in a tournament since day one. And I can't let you walk off into the sunset without a proper goodbye. At the aptly named Promo Series 6, Justice Day, I invite you for one last ride. the shape. Congratulations to the Phoenix, now technically the first ever two-time Iron Bank contract holder. Uh, he is the current Knowledge Champion of course, and since there's no promo championship anymore, the Iron Bank is now open to the Match Wrestling World Championship, and after promo series will also be open to the new Television Championship, so the Iron Bank briefcase is now literally your golden ticket, it opens all doors. And speaking of promo series, promo series 6 Justice Day will be the first special event of the New Age on November 18th, but it kicks off with the pre-launch show on November 16th as we crown the first ever Max Wrestling TV Champion in the Ring of Games. It's a series of brand new knowledge rounds for the inaugural television championship. We have Travis, Moses, and the Phoenix has entered it. Um, nice. Also possibly Kenny Killer will be making his return for the Ring of Games. Uh, the three runners-up will all get a shot at the Knowledge Champion on the main card in the winner stays on Gauntlet and of course with Phoenix being a Knowledge Champion uh, If he wins the TV title, he will then have to defend the Knowledge title against the same three opponents So, put, Putting himself in the firing line Plus even more trivia. trivia Can Moses Marquez close the book on the old generation of Max Wrestling by becoming a Grand Slam Champion? All he has to do is defeat Chad Malcolm for the Max Wrestling World Championship and damn right again, you kidding me? Promo competition is a thing of the past, but we always have room for promo exhibitions, and for the first and last time, we're finally going to see Robert Davis ride out to battle with the shape. Pre-launch show, November 16th, promo series 6, Justice Day, November 18th. Do not miss it. Go to maxwrestling.net slash promo series 6 for more information. So, um... Without Dynamite last night, I looked for something else to watch and ended up watching some NWA Power. Power. Nice. First of all, Velvet Sky on commentary, you have my attention. Yep, she's does a good <laughs> I I literally had no idea, so I said, okay, I'll check out some Power. Commentary team comes on. Oh, hello. I'm I'm going to enjoy this show. <laughs> um, they also had. Um, NWA World Champion Trevor Murdoch on commentary too, which was a nice touch. He did a great job. So, uh, Tyrus defends the TV title. First of all, why is he accompanied to the ring by Jimmy Savile? It beats me, man. I saw that at the NWA anniversary show. I'm like, okay. Uh, I should actually apologize. That's, that's quite an insult. Um, 
Second of all, his opponent is like a, a dollar store Ilya Dragunov. Terrible. That, he came on the screen. Wait a minute, is that Dragunov? Wait, no, it can't be. He's in NXT. What the fuck? But anyway. What was the, name? What was the dude's name? Oh, man, I forget. I, I, that's that's something I should have written down, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> you know it's not memorable. You know. Wait a minute. What, what was because the date of this? I just get... I was this Tuesday. I just kept referring to him as Dollar Store Dragunov. <laughs> you got me curious. You got to see who this is. Um, Dollar Store Dragunov. What the fuck more do you need to know? <laughs> yeah, it's Dollar Store Dragunov. That's his name. That's okay. his official name now on the NWA website. What he calls fucking Corrigan. Make it possible. Um. Uh, wait. Oh, it was Jordan Clearwater. My name is mad familiar. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. But uh, I digress. The match itself was just nuts because they rang the bell and then they spent like two minutes undressing. They were like stalling for time for some reason. Um, and and who would have thought after all these years if you wanted to shut Tyrus up, all you had to do was chant Trevor. Because he cuts his promo after the match, and the crowd just start ch- chanting for uh, Trevor Murdoch. And Tyrus just stops what he's saying and goes, You want to keep chanting for Trevor? All right, you're not going to hear what I'm going to say. And he walks off. I thought, that's great. Yay. That's how you shut Tyrus up. Yay. As I'm looking at these names, too, they had a tag team tournament for the NWA World Tag Title. I'm going to say right now, Sal Renaro was on the show. And for those that don't know who Sal Renaro was, he was done a lot of work in Ring of Honor. He was... Uh, Used in a lot of those like six-way matches and the four-corner survivals. And he also was a professional wrestler in FIP, Full Impact Pro, over there in Florida. So it's great to see Salvinaro on here. Nice. Um, well, I think oh, my... Stevens, man. Friggin' Aaron Stevens. I forgot Aaron Stevens is in the NWA. Nice. Yeah, he's been there a while. Mm-hmm. Um, is he still a national champion? No, he was national. Was. National champion he... at some point. You know, he has a podcast now, too, by the way. Oh, please tell me it's intellectual. No, it's Aaron Stevens and the A-Show. It's him and April Hunter, who was in WCW, and she's done a lot of independent work. Yep. I know her. Well, I know of her. Um, I think my favorite segment from Power was the exchange between Kiara Hogan and Mickey James. Um, I'm not sure how many headlines it's made, but it was a really great segment that set up a match between them beautifully um mickey was set to make some kind of announcement about power kiara hogan comes up kind of you know awkward and uh clearly not happy about not being booked on empower Mm -hmm. um and she you know basically just said well why don't why, why don't i fight you and then Mickey was kind of upset that she chose an interview to make this challenge rather than, as she kept saying, have a conversation about it. Um, it, was, it was an awkward exchange, and that's exactly what it was supposed to be. Yeah, wrestlers don't have conversations. They yell at each other with a microphone. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like uh, even the next pay-per-view or maybe on the next power, we're getting Kiara Hogan versus Mickey. We're getting them two down the line at some point anyway. Cool. I kind of dig that. Yeah. Uh, if you get a chance to watch a segment, it, it's possibly Kiara's best work since leaving Impact. Oh, I'm definitely going to check it out then. 
I'm sure Travis is going to be looking at it. He's already watched. <laughs> He's already watched it ten times. <laughs> so we're going to run him back. And well, I got something for you. I got it. You first, man. I'm sorry. Well, finally, one last bit. Um, this was pretty much the end of the show before they had the tag match. I love how typically Northern English Tom Latimer is, a.k.a. Bram. Um, they're setting up a feud, a blood feud between him and Nick Aldis because they go way, way back, as we know from their Impact days and everything. Um, Dude, wait a minute. You're not just going to gloss over the fact that Mickey got thrown off the train. She got thrown off the train. Off the train. Wait, the one in Impact? Yeah. Or a real train. Well, yeah, yeah, no, that, that was classic. James Storm. <laughs> James in front of the train. You want to throw Mama from the train. Throw Mickey. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So yeah, the the whole feud is basically uh, Tom Latimer um, feeling left behind for his entire career by Nick Aldis, who's achieved so much more as world champion and whatever, uh, and getting the contract to this big American company and leaving me behind in the UK. Um, and. I didn't even know Camille and Nick Aldis had separated on on NWA, so she's now in Tom Latimer's ear. And so he was cutting oh, this no promo idea. about all he was cutting this promo about all the things that has been given to Nick Aldis over the years and not given to him. And she whispered something in his ear, and he goes, "Oh yeah, and the expensive suits." Expensive suits. <laughs> wow, what an argument to be expensive suits. Uh, but he put so much passion into it. Uh, he did a great job. And now, if he was talking like this when he was Kenneth Cameron with Conor O'Brien in the Ascension in NXT, <laughs> then I gave him a mic. I I was always a huge fan of Bram and Impact, um, and he should have been bigger in NXT. So uh, it's, it's nice to see him get back to his roots as as good old Tom Latimer oh, in NWA. Well, they could have done more with the DCC when it was him, Kingston, and James Storm, but they just flushed that down the toilet. Oh, yeah, that went down the shit pan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I, I, I stopped watching NXT, so this may be a weekly thing. I'll fill you guys in on NWA. You can fill me in on NXT. So uh, what, what were you going to say, Mike? So I wasn't going to get to NXT yet, but I was going to say because we talked about it before the shizzo. So I'm very happy to see them back because I'm a fan of theirs and I love their work. So Jessica McKay, the former Billy Kay, and mm. was it Cassie Lee? Cassie Lee, yeah. Cassie Lee, yeah. So they're going to be making their debut at Bound for Glory, and they're going to face Decay, Havoc, and Rosemary for the tag titles. And this has got everybody up in arms because they're just coming right in and getting the tag title shot. There's been a lot of LOL TNA. There's been a lot of stuff like why are they just coming in and getting the tag title shots. So everybody was up in arms that the inspiration are going against Decay. Consider me inspired. I don't <laughs> see a problem with them coming in and getting a tag team title shot. Uh, I bet they love these people that are laughing about it. I bet they loved Becky coming back and instantly winning the SmackDown title. Right. In 26 seconds, heel by face, the way. Heel face, you know what I'm saying? And plus, well, they got their fairly Aussie sister and Tennille Dashwood in Impact, so that should be pretty cool. Aussie, yeah. Aussie, Aussie. I'm, Aussie, honestly, Aussie. I think I'm just glad that they're together. I didn't really care where they went. I'm just glad that they have moved on as a, as a team again. Because breaking them up was the stupidest thing WWE ever did to them. You break them up. And then you put Peyton Royce in another tag team. Uh, I listened to the Chris Van Vliet interview that Jessica McKay did. Uh, she was even saying, she's like, so I got this thing, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to you know, do this thing with the uh, the resume and have my photo and have something put in. And she was having fun, she said. She was having, you know, entertaining. She was making it work. Like, 
I know, and she, but she was like, at first, I was like, I hated going to SmackDown because I didn't know who I was. She's like, I clearly know that Vince likes Peyton, which is fine because she's very talented, duh. But she's like, then you just put me over here, and I have like no identity. So she was very like, you know, not happy about it either. She went very in depth. With it. I I think out of the two though, she did a much better job on her own, which surprised sure. a lot of people because I mean, the thing with the Iconics was Billy Kay always had the most personality out of the two. That's the thing, too, because remember, they put her with Lacey Evans and didn't yeah. work. Yeah, went nowhere. Nowhere. And then, of course, Lacey got pregnant, and that just left Peyton Royce dead in the water again. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I also she, did read that Peyton kind of blames herself because she said she would kind of like to try going solo. Well, she had that great promo on the um, the Raw talk where she's yeah. like, I want us, and it was great, but then they did nothing with it. Mm-hmm. Well, they gave her a match against Asuka, but it was an, a nothing match. That's why I say they did nothing. <laughs> <with>. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do in Impact. Same. I mean, we were talking about before the Impact. All right, well, let's bring this up, man, because you make you made a great point. Let's bring it to the show front here. Let's talk about the Impact AEW relationship. Yeah, for me, it kind yeah, of seems, seems to, to have died away. Topic, so. Okay. <clears throat> For me, I mean, they've had Private Party there and Matt Hardy. They've had um, they've had the the Good Brothers. They've had a lot of people, a lot of the Bullet Club guys. Well, they got what's his face, Hikaleo from uh, New mm-hmm. Japan, Jay White. Uh, as far as AEW Impact, well, you haven't seen any Impact people on there. You know what I'm saying? That's like that's why a lot of people feel feel it's one sided, and I can agree. But I'm kind of like, let's just see how it works out. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I mean, we had Sammy Callahan and Kenny Omega, so you can count Callahan. I mean, bold prediction, we may see Britt Baker at Bound for Glory. See, now that's fine. That's what I, I just, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those guys where it's like, I mean, I guess you can go ahead and say it. Like, I'm I'm all in on AEW. My whole thing is like, I, I guess I come to their defense a lot. And in this instance, it was kind of like, you know what? The reality of the is, is like, this relationship is not really a relationship. They were able to put Kenny on the show and you got him a little bit of popularity with that. You made him your world champ. And then all of a sudden, you know, he loses it to, to Christian on a non your show. And I mean, has Christian even wrestled on like a regular impact taping or uh, I'm not entirely sure, but I do know with him and Josh Alexander, I, I will say this. I think it, it's going to be Christian putting him over, which rightfully so. Cause Josh, if there's anyone on impact that deserves it right now, the fucking walking weapon needs a world title. Cause he has been ever since him and Ethan page broke up when they were the North, he has been hitting on all cylinders. That dude is big. Oh, guy's really good. Yeah. Right. He, I mean, I think that'd be a good direction. Uh, I know the Maxis are coming up in a couple of months. Josh Alexander is a shoe-in for a breakout of the year. I would be Hell. not shocked if he doesn't win it. I can't think of anybody else that would. <laughs> no, I mean, all of last year's breakouts have all become, like, staples. Yeah, um, true that. Um, oh, one final thing before uh, you guys fill me in on NXT 2.0 that we forgot to mention from Raw and SmackDown. I'm loving this feud between Bianca, Becky, and Sasha, but again, it's going to be in Saudi Arabia, so I don't give a shit about the match. And also, yeah. it's, it's so predictable, because you got Becky and Bianca both going to Raw after Crown Jewel. Sasha's going to be the only one on SmackDown, so I wonder who's going to be the SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh-huh. This is why I freaking hate when they do the draft. 
like before they go to right before they go to Saudi Arabia and before Survivor Series because you know October November a lot of stuff's gonna change. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But they don't give a shit. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, what's been happening on NXT? So okay. Yeah, NXT, from what I can see, as far as highlight land, um, let's see, fucking Braun Breaker, bro. I'm just gonna call you fucking Rick Steiner Jr. Because God dig it, damn, <laughs> I just can't. I and mean, this this fucking name kills me. Um, I gotta ask fucking um, I gotta ask Mike this: Who in the butt fuck is Carmelo Hayes? <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> so that's... like this guy is like North American champ, and I'm like, should I give a shit? And they're like, sure, you should. And I'm like, but who the fuck is he? So he was in that breakout tournament, so they're treating it like Money in the Bank. Think of one, what's his face, when um, Jordan Miles friggin' ACH, that dumbass. Oh won my god, that... when he won it, got a shirt and quit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dumbass. So, and I mean, I mean, it's like you're not wrestling Adam Cole or nothing on TV, you fucking dumbass trying to play the... Don't get me started. So, <laughs> it's like that. So, think of it like money in the bank, but with a tournament. So, he can, cash in, he can cash in and wrestle for any championship. So, Swerve beats Santos Escobar. Escobar. Thank you. Mo, roll the R's. So, he comes out, cashes in, it goes for like a minute, and then Carmelo Hayes is now the friggin' NXT North American champion. Uh, he was in the breakout tournament. He was very good, but, I mean, they're just kind of, like, pushing all these new guys down our effing throats. You know what I'm saying? For me, mm-hmm. the feel of it, like we were talking about, like, it's very OVWS. Think of, like, 05, 06. Mm-hmm. For me, when I watch it, it's like when I used to watch it when NXT went away from that redemption thing where it was all about Derek Bateman and Johnny Curtis and Maxine and all this crapola. So they actually bring the NXT brand to the forefront and they go from FCW to NXT. Dusty Rhodes and JR on the first episode. Seth Rollins beating Jinder Mahal for the NXT title. It reminds me of that where it's like, okay, we're going to have your favorites, but then we're going to bring all these new people. Here's Richie Steamboat. Here's all these people. Take it. Take it. Love it. Love it. So you get that type of aura and feel about it. So that's what it reminds me of we're just gonna shoot in 20 people you've never heard fucking heard of and we're gonna mm-hmm. make your uh, 20 people is a fucking understatement of a year like um okay so who what the fuck van wagner vag von wagner what? yeah von wagner mode. oh this okay. dude's getting who, dragged this, okay this it, no no he's <laughs> fucking giant edge okay he's giant edge this i'm like who the fuck is this fucking nerd that's the he dude fucking that moves, moves like Kevin Nash. He looks exactly like Edge. That's the dude. That's the Beverly Brothers kid, I think. Yeah, yes. I don't know who the fuck he is. Um, he threw me way the fuck off. That that's tame compared to what I saw. I saw him next to a picture of Vincent from Beauty and the Beast. Oh my god. Oh, I didn't even. Think oh of that. my god. <laughs> I swear to God, though, look at him and look at Edge, bro. You got this my, hairy Ron Perlman looking motherfucker. Edge. <laughs> no, I'm looking at the photo now, and I'm I'm laughing my ass off because that is a great comparison. I love that. Oh, it's so bad. A hairy Ron Perlman looking motherfucker. So yes. the big dude that um I can't remember the the fucking Bordeaux guy, the fucking former offensive lineman, Tony D'Angelo. Fucking yeah, Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo. Oh, oh fuck, okay. No, I was more talking to the dude that's all fucking shaved and tatted, the fucking mini Brock Lesnar fucker. But oh, no, 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 Parker. No. You brought up fucking Tony D'Angelo while I'm fucking over here watching the goddamn Sopranos movie. I'm like, that's exactly <laughs> what this guy's trying to do. He's trying to be fucking Tony Soprano. And I'm like, no. Fuck no. What the fuck? 
<laughs> Why did I watch this? Like, I'm like, I'm so glad this was just highlights. I'm like, this guy's a fucking nerd. This guy's a fucking nerd. Well, it looks like they're setting up Tommaso Ciampa and Parker Bordeaux. So I think we know the direction of where Braun Breaker and him stand. Because I think they're setting up. Or if they don't do it for the title, it looks like we're going to get Ciampa and Parker Bordeaux, who's now Harland. Yeah. yeah. All I know is, 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 is he's, he's a big monster-looking dude. Uh, I didn't really give a shit about him. I mean, I saw the attack on Ciampa. I, I, I mean, if you're going to push this fucking guy straight to the moon and give him the belt, then like, I, then Braun needs to like win it like that next week. Because that dude looks, I mean, he only had a backstage segment, but he already looks like he's the biggest fucking baby face in that company. Oh, he absolutely is. That's what and, and I'm like, this motherfucker been here four weeks. <laughs> and he's already going for the title. He's motherfucked. Four weeks he's been here. And he's like, yeah, well, I'm the new fucking dude in town. And it's like, obviously, what the fuck? It's just so, it's so weird. It is not the NXT I'm used to. Um, and then the the one thing, probably my favorite part about the whole show, fucking shit is Mandy Rose hot. Oh. Yes. What oh. in the, wow. Toxic my so, ass. Okay, so. <laughs> We had Dirty Fucking Slut, the former Dirty Fucking Slut, Gigi Dolan. <laughs> uh, you know what? She's gone up in my estimation. I gotta be honest. Okay, for, for, <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with that too. I'll I'll stand by that. JC <laughs> Jane and Mandy Rose. I love it. Here's where Mo also I, I agree with Mo. Beautiful, hot as fuck. Mandy Rose is getting that new rejuvenation, if you will, as a heel. She changed her hair, and I am actually really looking forward to seeing her and Raquel Gonzalez go for the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her character build is great. Yep. And the other two were going for the tag titles, which I have no problem with. Yeah, they just do like whiny bitches, but that works. Okay. Well, think about it like yeah. this, man. We have Toxic Attraction in NXT, and we have the Allure in Ring of Honor. Mandy Leon and Velvet and... Uh, oh, yeah, that went that went nowhere. That went nowhere, but it was they were still hot as well. It went nowhere because Velvet was very close to retiring, and she just basically became the valet of the group again. Uh, well, uh, everybody's about Joe Gacy's character with his, like, you know, the... <laughs> oh, oh, skinny Kevin Owens? Yeah, but I like Chainsaw <laughs> Joe Gacy. I've seen his stuff in CZW, but this is not Joe Gacy, I know. This um, guy wrestles exactly like fucking Kevin Owens. You're not wrong. I, I'm like, dude, is this fucking Kevin Owens? Like, no, it's not. It's some other dweebo. His fucking promos, like, dude. I know. I've never been a man to fall asleep during a wrestling show unless it's bad. <laughs> Bro, he fucking opened the show. I almost fucking just it was like, oh, I quit. I quit already. <laughs> like, I'm not. Why? He's. It's not like his promos are like he wants to be like slow and methodical, but he does not come off as either. He comes off as a fucking geek. All He's right. An absolute geek. And that's why fucking Daz hit my fucking music because this is the geek of the week. <laughs> I have something to add to that because he All actually. Right. I, oh God, Ladies and gentlemen, I promise you this jingle is going to get stuck in your head. Pencil neck geek, gritty freak, scum sucking, head with a lousy proceed. He's a one man, no cut, losing streak. Nothing but a pencil neck geek. Love it, but yeah, fucking Joe Gacy get goddamn super geek of the week. Super geek of the week. Fucking mini. Wanna be Kevin Owens. You wrestle like Kevin Owens. You look like Kevin Owens. You don't sound like him. You suck, sir. You suck. 
So to add on to what Mo was saying about falling asleep, so I saw Joe Gacy wrestle Alex Reynolds in NYWC on Long Island. It was brutal. I'll be honest with you, out of everything that was on that card of that night, that was probably the stinker because it was just, it was, like you mentioned, he was slow. It was just, it, it didn't click. And like I said, I've seen Joe, Joe Gacy wrestle in CZW. No, I, I can't. So, yeah, I'm right with Mo on Joe Gacy. As someone who's seen him live and in person, Mo described him to a T when it comes to that character and watching him on NXT. But we did get mini Layla Hirsch and Ivy Nile against Valentina Veraz, and she absolutely squashed her. Joe Gacy, the dude who got a new gimmick and then they squashed it within a week? Yes. Ah. Sucks. But yeah, Ivy Nile was fine. And Julius Creed. Holy shit, Julius Creed fucking squashed Jiro. My God. he uh, That friggin' dude beasted him. That clothesline shit. I will say this. I do like the Creed brother. <laughs> clothesline shit. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what's up with like uh, the, the dudes from the Diamond Mine, right? Yeah, the Diamond Mine. Yep. Okay, so I don't know who the fuck this goddamn... Uh, Whatever the fuck the guy's name is, he's in there flipping and flopping, with, and he wrestles the entire time with his jacket on like a complete fucking nerd. Yeah, like Julius Creed. But they, he, like, okay, like I, I, I fucking dig the Diamond Mind. These guys are just fucking shooters, and he's out there in his goddamn singlet, and he's just tossing this fucking guy around. Nothing flashy. He's just beating the shit out of him, and I think his finisher is just like a fucking running double leg. Yep, that's pretty much what it is. It's a double leg slam. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's fucking great. I, will I really say, like these guys. Me too. And I look at it from a stance too as well as like you have, we talked about Vaughn Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, there's no more Ridge Holland in NXT because he's going right to SmackDown. And that's also probably why they took the title up as square because him and Hit Row were going right to SmackDown. Yep. So well, stupid. And I know Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada want the tag titles now because they got Indy teaming with this other chick because Candice is pregnant, so she's teaming with a fellow Aussie, I believe. Well, yeah, and the way is basically dead. Yeah, because Austin Theory's on Raw. But yeah, no, you see, I'm with Mo too. And here's... <laughs> so here's the funny part, and this is why I love my mommy. So she is also one. She's like, you know what? I don't like NXT anymore. And I said, why? She goes, because it's different. I'm like, yeah. You pretty much just stated what everybody else thinks about NXT 2.0. So I got a kick out of that because my mom, who watches everything with us, you know what I'm saying? It's a family-oriented thing when it comes to professional wrestling. My mom's not even into it anymore. And I said, well, that's what they're doing. They're going back to being development. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, my mom ain't even. That's why I start watching NXT. To quote Stewie Griffin, I don't like change. Especially when it's unneeded. It was not needed, but, I mean, they want to focus on now, like, you know, okay, we're going to develop our stars and here's some familiar faces. It's exactly like 2012 NXT was before it became, you know, where you have the takeovers and all that. Yeah. It's like, think of when we had Cesaro and Sami Zayn, right, in the two out of three falls, which was amazing. Like, you had Cesaro come down there and you had Damian Sando come down there, but, you know, it, it's not the same as what we've gotten. Mm. Factual. Um, it. Going back to Toxic Attraction, obviously I know Mandy Rose, I know uh, Gigi. Who's the other no. girl? Uh, JC Jane. JC Jane, yeah, I don't know who that is. Oh, she's just literally a newbie. Yeah, wait, hold on. I think I may, let me take a look because this this name sounds familiar. I think she's one of the girls that signed. I'm going to take a look at what her real name is. JC Jane, baby. JC Jane. Double J. Not to be confused with that double J. Um, we the, in the crowd. Oh, Avery Taylor is her name. I believe she she's an overseas wrestler. Avery Taylor. Yeah, so like... Okay, she's been in Shine. She's been in Evolve. I've, I've literally she's never heard of her before. 
No, this is my first time being introduced to her as well, so yes. So we're all on the same boat, Ski. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You throw like 50 people at us that we don't know, and we're like, oh, here's uh, Tony D'Angelo. Bye, John. Like, I'm supposed to give a damn. <laughs> Yeah. Fish bag of donuts. I gotta go here. You wanna get a cheesesteak, huh? You wanna get a cheesesteak? You wanna get a slice? Oh, I'll see. I'm punk. Is it cheesesteak or cheesecake? <laughs> Fucking right. Like, only this guy can fuck up on stupid <laughs> shit and, like, nobody would give a damn. And then he won him over, like, okay, I'll do you a deal. I'll, I'll either buy you all a cheesesteak or I'll wrestle for you. What do you want me to do? And he's like, all right, well, he's all, I'll wrestle on Rampage. Like, no, fucker. Nah. <laughs> Dynamite, motherfucker. Dynamite. Yeah, like. Asshole. <laughs> like I said, the NXT that we know and love is it's it's a distant memory now, man. Yeah, as is Shawn Michaels' hairline. Oh, oh my god. I saw that. What man. happened to HBK? He fucking uh, I don't know who said it, but they said why does he look like Trevor, Trevor Phillips? Phillips? And he fucking <laughs> totally does. Well he's like what, fifty five, fifty six now? Yeah. Uh, fifty I wanna say fifty six. The the yeah. the age train is hitting him like a motherfucker. Bro, right? Like, he was 40 when he was flopping around for Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam 2005 <laughs> with the oversell of the Centrum. So. Yeah. Uh, that was great. Flopping around like a freaking fish. You don't want to do business there, brother? I'll do business for you. I'll go back to my <laughs> 90s self where I freaking didn't give a fuck about anybody. Right? Jesus went out the window. And as someone who's kept <laughs> in the Jesus went out the fucking window. Jesus went out the window. They, they, they do the whole split like it over the rope spot and Hulk Hogan's kicking the ropes and Sean headbutts the moon. Yep. That was just <laughs> Hey, nothing will ever beat Sean Invader from SummerSlam 96, which, Mo, I know you covered, is when he, he changes direction. <laughs> Air. Vader yep. does not move for that elbow. Move! Move, asshole! <laughs> like, yeah, that was fucking, oh my god. And then Sean gets mad. Like, what you fucking, like, dude, what are you... Stopping the shit out of him. He stomps the fuck out of him. <laughs> I'm like, bro, and Vader's a big fucking dude. Like, I felt bad. Well, Sean's just... over here fucking taking his liberties out on him. Do you remember what Jim Cornette said? Because he's like, Vader was a big teddy bear. He's like, Shawn Michaels told me if I ever come out here like that again, it'll be my job. And he was like getting all emotional about it because Vader was a big old teddy bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Vader, giant teddy bear, sure. Sure. I, uh, Whatever you say, bub. I need to find this footage. I have to I'm going to try and find stuff. it after the show. It's towards <clears> the end of the match. Where okay. <laughs> Like, I typed in Shawn Michaels' Vader incident because that was the first recommendation, and all I got is the full match. Yeah, you have uh, to watch. Let me take a look. Get... Yeah. Shawn Michaels with an opportunity to end this match. Take some chances and go for it. Well, you've got the yeah. opportunity. Oh, shit. Right. Michaels kicking Vader. Just pissed at him. Fuck. Stomping. 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 Mike, who is the wrestler of the week? The man who cut the damnedest promo on Raw, the almighty Bobby Lashley. All right. 
You know Bobby what? Lashley with the promo. For, yeah. I could. I mean, I would also go with Biggie because him and fucking Drew. But I, I was so impressed with Bobby Lashley because, like I said, he's turning a turd and shining that some bitch up because it's like you don't want to see him and Goldberg in No Holds Barred, but I kind of want to because he has me invested in this, even though I know the son of a bitch is going to lose. But I really enjoyed that <laughs> promo. So, yes. Yeah, that, that was definitely his best promo. Um, he, he Maybe he's been learning from MVP. Hey, uh, remember the days when we Bobby Lashley, man, and Bobby Lashley, yeah. Impact Champ, Champ, I'm the Activision Champ, I'm going to hold all the gold, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, that's what his promos were. I also loved how he was like, you, you cheer for Goldberg, even though he threatened to murder me. That is not conduct becoming of a professional wrestler. That is not even a conduct of a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Like, he's got a point. Goldberg literally threatened to kill him. Uh, go- <laughs> and last week, of course, Goldberg also said okay, he's going to leave his lifeless body gasping for air. Let's just think shit. about that sentence. Lifeless. Lifeless body. Are you fucking serious? Gasping for what? air. <laughs> what in the fuck? This goes even <clears throat> past when Matt Hardy said to Edge, I hope you get run over by a car. And back in 05. And I mean, to stop watching that was kind of understandable. Trying to copy shit. Matt, Matt and Edge was kind of understandable. But yes, but yeah. still. <laughs> they had reasons. Still, at the top of this kind of language list is Nikki Bella's I Hope You Died. I Wish You Died in the Womb. Stop it. Okay. No, that still was so horrible. I hated when they did that just because it was so stupid. It was so dumb. And it gave us some of the worst fucking matches. She made her get her a smoothie as her assistant. And I'm like, what am I watching a fucking teen movie here? Getting her a goddamn smoothie? Ugh. Get my smoothie. today. Friggin', you're bringing up bad memories. Uh, thankfully, Brie Bella was interviewed recently and she said she thinks she's permanently on the retired bench. Thank you. God. You can, you can stay there. It's good. Hold on. Glue your ass to that bench. So, um, okay. First of all, perfect, right? I love that. What really, what really got me not wanting to see them anymore was when she came back and kicked the living shit out of Liv Morgan and those suicide dives where she came up short and flat out dumped herself on her fucking head. Um, Killed herself. Yes. So the thing is, too, people will be controversial about them being in the Hall of Fame, which wrestlers know. Reality stars, yes, yeah. because I mean, a lot of girls, this generation now, not not so much us who grew up with people like Molly Holly and Jazz and Victoria and Ivory and all these great wrestlers. These women nowadays are influenced by the Bellas because for those who are not wrestling fans, they just watch the reality TV and say, "Hey, I like this." Or women's women who like wrestling now who want to pursue wrestling are fans of wrestling. Grew up with the Bellas, whether we like it or not, they're influential. No, in some I, this, I get that. Exactly. I get That's that. This generation. This generation, man. Yeah. Goddamn reality well, error. Because I didn't talk about it last week. AJ Lee, man, with a wow, which I'm very happy about. Yeah. But then there's the detriment that freaking Tessa Blanchard is back there because nobody fucking wanted her. Uh, it's always a tough place to sit with Tessa Blanchard. Dude, she's going to be like, she's going to be in the back there. She's going to be training. She's going to be heading some stuff, man. She's doing, putting in the work there herself. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give a bonus wrestler of the week shout out um, because even though she only had like a what was it a one minute 40 match Liv Morgan deserves yeah. better oh yeah well absolutely and if she doesn't well she should have won Queen of the Ring I mean the people are behind her they love her but no we're gonna go with Zelina or Carmella I, I don't get it just just push her 
She's clearly the mo- one of the most popular women on the roster. Wait a minute. Is Carmella going over to Raw? Oh, yeah, with Corey Graves, because of course. Yeah, of so, course. <laughs> so, so if she winds up losing and it comes down to Zelina Vega and Dewdrop or Zelina Vega and Shayna, that is going to be the quickest Queen's Crown match ever. Mm. Oh, I don't like the final four. Except for Shayna and Dewdrop, I don't like the final four. No. No. I don't. I'd rather watch William Regal, Regal Stretch Hornswoggle to win the King of the Ring in FOE oh, than watch him. Yeah. Sign me Sign the fuck you. up for that one. Mm-hmm. Stretch him, sunshine. He, he was great. Friggin' as the King of the Ring. All right, here's what I loved about William Regal during that run. Because Mr. Anderson pissed me off. He stiffed the livid shit out of Mr. Anderson because he was trying to shoot on Regal. And Regal just clocked him and it was great. And it reminded me of that time when William Regal and Tajiri fought the heartthrobs on Sunday Night Heat. And he gave Antonio the promised Thompson a black eye. Oh, my God. Antonio Thomas got a friggin' black eye as Shiner out the wazoo by William Regal. Don't don't said, fuck with William Regal. He's a real man's man, goddammit. He's a man. Oh, you know what also gets me about that? Did you hear the story about the Goldberg match that they had in WCW where friggin' William, what Goldberg said he was trying to make him look bad? Yes. Oh, Love Regal. I know, and I've listened to both sides of the story. William Regal is more believable in the truth than what Bill said. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, well, he's like, I can't hit myself. You know, he doesn't want to do anything. And he goes, Goldberg seems to remember, forget that, you know, he said that he was wrong. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He'll admit that he was wrong, but he forgets to, you know, he forgets that part. So yeah, I I tend to believe William Regal more over Bill Goldberg than you know what he was. He was trying to make me look bad. Yeah. Oh. Well, um, there we go. Your week is complete. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us at Max Wrestling UK on social media. Thank you, everybody, on SoundCloud and our website, as always, is MaxWrestling.net. Follow us what on. About the audio- what about what? What about the audio platforms? All the audio platforms. We're on all the audios. All the audio. All the MP3s. We got them. Even the ones. I can't even sing anymore. That sucks. Even the ones I don't know about. Okay, sing. Well, you have to run them down on what we're on, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, complicated. Yeah. Do you know how many MP3 platforms there are? Castbox. I'm going to. I'm going to. There's, there's like. Anchor, armbar. <laughs> What's the one that I sing all the time now? Come down there, Jericho. Jericho. What's the one that the I sing? Armbar, arm lock. <laughs> well, what's the one that I usually sing? It, it was the last one you showed me that I didn't even know we were on. That's a, this is what happens. Pod Bay, man. Pod hey, Bay. Hey, hey. We're on Pod Bay, and we're going to sing a song for you. We don't have any promos anymore, but we got trivia too. <laughs> have some fun now, Tassie and the gang, learning from each other. Why we do our thing? Nah, nah, nah. Gonna have a good time. Hey, hey, hey. Nah, nah, nah. We're on Pod Bay. Hey, hey, hey. I'll do it quickly there, just because since we don't have any promos now, kind of just you know. And we just ain't podcasting you. with anyone but you. I'll take you, Andre Corbeil. <laughs> Um, so yes, you can find us on all the audios and follow us on social media at the captain 512 at MCL 92 and at SMR Podnet. So all you pencil neck geeks better listen up because this is what Moses Marquez has in store for you this week. Oh, I really like that. That's nice. That's right. So you guys know the game. Um, 
uh, retros are dropping. I want to say what else it should be. It should have been the October 21st, 1996. Uh, yeah, I believe that. I know I finally did um, or finally re-released King of the Ring because I remember the whole interface nonsensory. So that should be dropping this morning, if not this afternoon. I forget how the fucking thing works. I have it on a scheduled thing so it doesn't like immediately jam-pack my computer with bullshit. Right. Um, other than that, we got uh, lots of Bolt Ranch stuff. Got a, a what is it? Bleh. Review today drops uh, probably around eight or nine ish. Uh, we have a injury report and all that fun jazz on Saturday, and then of course game Sunday. Flip it around, retro Monday. Moving on down. All right, and MC Mike, who you been talking to? <laughs> well, so the latest edition of the LFC podcast is out. It is with Sheena Bathory. We talked about making her debut against Shaylin at LFC 35 Booty Camp 3D. And she has. So she has said that she wanted to put me in a scissor hold and head scissor <laughs> on my neck. And so, well, well, I said, well, I got to call yeah. you out for the first bat up. So, I mean, hey, I'll take it, though. I'm kind of frightened and excited at the same time. Not going to lie on that one. This is like Boog so, and Mandy Rose. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. So you guys can check me out at SM Show Wonder MCL92, StephenMikeShow.com. Steve and I have a couple shows coming out very, very soon as well. Uh, he might be high as fuck. I don't know, but that's how he goes. <laughs> so, the conspiracy, so Mike Larkin. That's <laughs> You can check me out on the Max Wrestling Podcast with Dazzy and Mo. You can check me out with Next Pick, Net Picks Pod, which Daz and I will be doing again very, very soon. Yes. Look forward to our next topic. Um, and also, as far as interviews go, I did do an on the mic with Mike with adult star Monica Minx. We did talk about her career in the adult entertainment industry. So there's a porn interview out there, which is pretty fun. And uh, also had Sean Donnelly on the LFC podcast, LFC CEO, where we talked about the events, including Sturgis and what we have coming up for Booty Camp 3D. And Bye. folks, I will say that. Booty! So you guys can check that out. If you are not going to be in attendance in Las Vegas and have not purchased your tickets, you can still watch the pay-per-view. It is $19.95 on LaundryFC.com. Go out of your way and buy the show because it's going to be a fun night of action. The show does start on Halloween at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific time. And the weigh-in, which I will be presiding over, will be at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central. Uh, Pacific, excuse me, Central. Pacific. So 10 p.m. start on the East Coast, 7 p.m. on the West Coast. Buy it, buy it just buy. for Mike being a ring announcer. Damn buy right. It. Thank you. Buy it right now. Buy it. So real quick, before we end all this whole thing, if you're not already wanting to watch AEW for the buy-in, buy-in on Friday, we get to see, uh, it's not a big deal, but it, Minoru Suzuki and D-Bry. Yeah, no big yeah. deal. Or B-Dry, I should say. D-Bry. Yeah, so. B-Dry. I think they announced actually on SmackDown that the main event of SmackDown is going to be Becky and Sasha for the 417th time. Or you can watch Brian Danielson and Minoru Suzuki kick the fuck out of each other. Yeah, at least in like how many years now? Right. So It's been a while since they've actually wrestled each other. Exactly. No, I want to see the murder grandpa. Yeah, mur- the murder grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you really want him to murder somebody, cut the music. Right. Um, don't, 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 I would know. Yeah, actually, no, don't, don't don't do that. Want to do that? Young boys will die if the music. Gets no, cut. no, not just young boys. <laughs> like there will be a fucking. You, you want a Jr. dead? He's fucking dead. Goddamn, Escalibur, you're fucking unmasked. 
<laughs> fucking if Jericho's on commentary, you're fucking retired. Like everybody's done, player. <laughs> Stop. Fucking, they're gonna have to call goddamn Clark Anderson to come out there and save everybody. Stop. They're already dead. Yeah. Man. You see the trailer for Halloween Kills? Kitty's play. <laughs> yeah, the guy behind the mask is Arn Anderson. <laughs> Glock Anderson. Glock Anderson. Uh, and with that said, we will see you next week. Um, because we will not be predicting or watching Blood Money Six, but we I will. Podcast is what we're doing. We're recording this show for you people because yeah. we don't want to watch that Drek. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather watch Shrek than this Drek. Fuck that show. We 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 are uh, we're making a sacrifice to record this show instead of watching Crown Jewel. That's what we're doing. Our sacrifice. Uh, we will also have free AEW shows to talk about. We'll have Rampage tomorrow night. We'll have Saturday night Dynamite, and then we'll have Dynamite back in its rightful place next week on Wednesday night. So every cloud has a silver lining. Uh, we may also try and get somebody to join us so we can have a little bit of trivia next week. Maybe, maybe. Good. That is it. Goodbye. Mwah, and good night. Shayna and Dana Brooke lost as fuck. Drizzling shits. Get off my TV. Time's a ticking, Chad. Hi. Time's a chicken. Him dead. You mean ticket? Why are you talking about chicken? Oh, I said chicken. <laughs> uh. Wait, somebody say chicken. I can go some chicken. <laughs>